I got Pickles a new toy that like somebody on TikTok was like, oh my God, my dog played with this for three hours straight. And I was like, wow, I need that. Um, yeah. And she could not care less. She couldn't care less about it. Well. Very disappointing. Pickles, Pickles girl. You know. Not helping out. I did hit record just so you know. Mm. Um, not that we need to rush. I just figured we might say something that you can use. Look, I'm not sure. Are we funny today? I don't know. I don't I mean, what? We're funny all the time. We are funny all the time. What was I going to tell you, though? I feel like it was about another podcast, so. I don't know. Oh. It's gone. But I was, like, saving it to tell you. Oh. Well, we basically already did a brief of this podcast yesterday on the phone accidentally, so. I know. When I was, but it did help Hopefully me for, like, regurgitate prep. it all. <laughs> it helped for prep because I was, like. I already know this. Okay. I know this part. Um, so I mean, we can just get started. Should we just get started and and go into it? Hi, Hi. I'm Sophie and I'm Maddie and welcome to Sing About Singing. This week's episode, we'll be finishing off our, uh, trilogy of Mad Men by covering season seven. And if you don't know by now, Mad Men is the story of 1960s alpha male Don Draper as he struggles to stay on top of the heat in the high-pressure world of Madison Avenue advertising firms. Aside from being one of the top men in the business, he is also a family man and the father of young children, which each time I read that, it reads less and less true. <laughs> I've never met All a- All of it becomes less of I know, and like, <laughs> I guess I could have found like an, a season seven, like what would have been on the back of the box set season seven description which would have been like dawn is a man wandering and has no family and no home and no job but this seems less depressing i guess um so okay you mentioned it before i don't know if it'll stay in or not so audience we have conversations that are not recorded shockingly how do you typically feel about like final seasons finale episodes like kind of all the hoopla that goes along with the end of an era or the end of a show? Yeah, you know, I I think it depends. Most of the time, though, I'm very suspicious. Um, Okay. Apprehensive, maybe, is the right word. If we know it's going to be the last season, then you're sort of, like, holding your breath the the whole time. And there's, I think, almost no way to win because, like, what you want the outcome to be is probably not going to happen. Right. And, you know, you're never really sure how far away from your final, you know what I mean? Like how far it's going to get. Like in the case of Mad Men, like I, you know, was really hoping that Peggy would end up with somebody and like her career would still be like on track and like check like that happened. Yeah, like that's the only, bo- like that's it. That's all I'm going to see. And everything else was sort of a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, there's also something about knowing that like, whatever plot is happening in the final season like is it like they can't undo it they can't undo it you're not gonna get like the the characters aren't gonna get themselves out of this hole or Mm -hmm. like redirect like there's just no hope at the end of it it's just sort of like and then this happened and then this is happening now to them and like that like that's it maybe for that character like I'm maybe never gonna see that character ever again oh Um, yeah it's like oh my god like okay bye like yeah, I I agree with you in that, like, I think that I, I put a lot of anticipation on final seasons. And I think in the instance of Mad Men, 
and like some other shows where they know going into it, it's their final season. I trust that it's like what they wanted, right? Like they knew, I think the Mad Men creator found out at the end of season four or that end of season five, maybe that they had six and seven. Like they definitely got the last two seasons before. And so I, I liked knowing that this was his plan all along and not some weird rushed yeah thing and like especially um I watched an interview with John Hamm with the like the make the world a coke or Mm -hmm. get the world a coke that they had to like get the rights from coca-cola for that like years before so like Uh, stuff like that makes it so that it's like okay it's kind of worth it but then I don't know I remember I tried to watch lost a few years ago and every single person was like oh the finale is terrible oh the last episode shit like whatever and I'm like I don't but like, if I watch 90 hours of a television show and don't like one, I just don't yeah. see that it like outweighs it as much as people put like the pressure on like people who are like, I'm never going to watch how I met your mother again. Cause I hated the last season. It's like, just don't watch the last season. Yeah, the last like season. just, so I didn't put a ton, a ton of weight into this, like going into season seven, except I had felt like I'd kind of grown to love these characters in a way I didn't expect. And so I did like that. They kind of like slowly said goodbye. Like mm-hmm. each character kind of got like a send off and it wasn't just like super abrupt. Yeah. Um, but then there was other things that I was like, that's out of character. And then I'm like, but I guess it's not because it's over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like I wouldn't expect this, but like maybe I've missed the signs or maybe because I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting, but I will say season seven had some of the funniest moments for me personally mm-hmm. of the show. What about you? You want to jump into bits and jokes? Uh, yeah, we can into bits and jokes. I I don't, I wouldn't say that. Seven, it's not a funny, funny show. I think six. If <laughs> I had to choose like funny, um, I would choose six for funniest season. I mean, the Bob Benson of it all. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like, but um, both Roger and Pete had, were like redemption characters in seven which I did really like because I liked both of them in one and they were good guys I mean Pete whatever had some sort of thing but he was still like look this isn't gonna be a middle area he like went off the fucking rails for like the entire middle chunk of this the chunk that we recorded like it was like Pete was fine Pete was in like the pit of despair and then it was like season seven Pete was like thriving he was like living out in California and then he was like chill vibes yeah yeah like (laughs) Pete like had a tan I will say that Vincent Vinny K um that Karen that's what Karen and Shipka calls him shaved his hairline so that like as Pete like that is like not like he shaved it and like lost his hairline wow he was like very committed to the character yes um mainly the reason that I said that is because the first quote that I'm gonna say like I cackled so it's when Don's getting a divorce and he sits down in his office and Meredith his secretary who I loved I think maybe she was just so funny this season the little blonde girl that I took it as like the whole season was funny when in reality it might have just been Meredith but she sits down on the couch and she's like look at you you're so confused I know you're feeling vulnerable but I am your strength tell me what I can do and she like starts to kiss him and he's like you can get my attorney on the phone and we can't do this like Don's so confused yeah he's like what and she's like you're right not right now and then it gets up the whole the way it was done was so freaking funny and like I think that John Hamm played it really well at the whole scene like uh-huh. to me was the funniest interaction of maybe the whole show 
from a character that I wasn't expecting it to be funny from at all. Yeah, no, that was hilarious. Um, there's actually a Time article said Madman's Elizabeth, or excuse me, Meredith explains why she's Don Draper's best secretary ever. <laughs> <laughs> she probably, well, I don't know. I think Don is his best secretary ever, but Meredith was very, very needed. I think because Don was like, you know, when you're talking to someone and you're like, you're not physically in the conversation with me, but your body's here. Mm-hmm. that was like dawn in season seven like everywhere he was he like wasn't there yeah no. which is like either good or bad acting probably good but what about you do you have some quotes written down or bits or funny moments I don't have as many as I let yeah, I just got I real excited about that Meredith quote but is is I oh. I, I did just copy yeah. and paste pickles <laughs> pickles has some quotes I guess what did you think was funny from season seven <laughs> um but is the is the rose bouquet thing did that happen in seven I yeah I'm like 99% sure it did let me look it up though um let me tell you it is the one joke I wrote down hey I hate to call my own bluff it is the only joke I wrote down for season seven and it's when Peggy walks in to the office with Dan there's a huge bouquet of roses on her secretary's desk and she goes oh my gosh because it's Valentine's Day and Stan goes it's hard to believe your cat has the money (laughs) (laughs) I will say so I was looking up articles and whatnot today and uh, one of the reviews was some, I'm sure, white guy in a basement who was like, Peggy's such a brat and so fucking annoying. And why do we like idolize her or whatever? And then I was thinking back to the episode and I was like, she was such a brat in that Valentine's yeah. episode. I just thought it was like, it's one of my favorite B plots, but it is just a giant bit. Like, it's so, yeah, it's, it's a giant like, bit. It's so funny. Ted did not send you the flowers. No. <laughs> and even like Dawn, no, quiet. I gave you a treat. It's going to be fun for you to edit around. <laughs> like Dawn even had to, t- um, D-A-W-N had yeah. to tell Shirley, like, Peg Shirley, like had to be like, sorry girl, those are not your flowers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Shirley was like, why did she think they were hers? They were on my desk. Right. <laughs> well, and Dawn was so quiet. Quiet. And well, like Dawn was like, well, did you tell her that they're yours? And and Shelly was like, well, I sort of did. And Dawn was like, no, did you tell her? <laughs> and she was like, well, there like was an opportunity. And Dawn was like, I don't believe you. This is your fault now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I was trying to find, I think there was a scene where Shirley and Dawn, D-A-W, and like, inter, like Dawn's like, hey, Dawn. And like, Shirley's like, hey, Sh-, like they like say each other's names because I think everybody in the office gets them mixed up because they're the only two black women who work. Uh, yes. They call me by your name. Like, yeah, they, they like did it to each Dawn other. Dawn walks away and says, bye, Dawn. And, and Shirley's <laughs> like, bye, Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely like a joke at um I really enjoyed the wrong name all the time 
I really enjoyed them giving Dawn more of a story in seven and also giving her a friend in the office that wasn't like white guilt friendship with her. Like there was never a moment where I felt like Shirley like wanted to hug her out of racial injustice um, or white guilt. She just like got to be friends with someone and like that was really refreshing because I really thought that Dawn was such a good addition to the show um, and stayed that way. Like I loved her character. Yeah, me too. She might be the only one who didn't just like fucking blow at any point. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And she got promoted. <laughs> okay, so I have another one. So when Megan asks to meet with Harry when she like flies back from oh LA, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to say it. Well, their, their whole interaction is very funny, but it's when Harry comes to meet when, and tells Don like, hey, I'm going to meet with Megan. And Don's like not married to her anymore. Like she's, you know, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. like can you help her though like is this something you can do and he says of course I do it all the time I just wanted to let you know been down this road before and you always find out and Don goes because you always tell me (laughs) and Harry goes yes but she didn't want me to and I was like yeah Harry you're still telling him like Don never would have known no again anymore (laughs) I said it to you yesterday where it was like did you finally I think this might have been in six but did you finally find a prostitute who accepts traveler's checks like Harry tells Don all of his secrets. It's like, don't tell Don anything because he'll flip it around on you. And it's a brown noser, right? Yeah. No sense. Oh, loved it. Oh, and then Don says it's never stopped you before. (laughs) That's the end of that, like, thought, which is true. Like, Harry has never kept a secret, which has benefited Don a lot. Oh, 100%. Like, it, like, Harry is the one that tells him about that fucking meeting. Yeah. That, like where he just invites himself to a meeting, which of course is like the Don Draper calling card of like, I'm just showing up to stuff. Mm-hmm. And also I'm just disappearing also. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, Harry just, he's like, well, I shouldn't tell you, but here's the just address like- <laughs> of this meeting that's happening. But it's behind your back and about you. So <laughs> here you go. It's happening today at like two. At two, you know, you take my car. I bet you make it there if you leave now. But can I have an office with the that doesn't have a pole in the middle of it? It's like no, no, no. Actually, that that's where we draw the line. Um, what do you have any? What is another one that you have? Oh no, that's I. Oh okay, I have. I don't have that many more. I have um three more. Yeah, let's so. And this was, I think, more of a B plot, but just the um, epitome of it made me laugh, which was Roger having Ted and Don write the future speech for the McCann retreat. And like Ted and Don's interaction whenever he realizes that he has Ted first. Yes. <laughs> and that Roger just couldn't write like down. And also in that, um, Don's like written down his notes and, and his secretary, Meredith, who was might be the MVP of comedy of this uh, season. It's like, okay, so you want to like get bigger clients, like do something else in a space station. And he's like, no, a gas station. (laughs) (laughs) And then when Tammy, when Pete and Trudy are trying to get Tammy into private school and she gets denied and he yells, cause she's like, it's cause we're divorced. Like they heard. And he says, Uh Greenwich, Connecticut is built on divorced money. Yes. That was It's like accurate. And then the last one. I know it's not supposed to be a joke, but those are sometimes the funniest in the Mad Men universe, which yeah. is um, when Betty says, I know it's beyond your experience, but people like to talk to me whenever she said she was going to be a therapist. 
<laughs> I know it's not supposed to be funny, but man, it was. Ridiculous. Nobody wants to talk to Betty. She's so mean. Daddy. I've tried on every podcast. I've said it. And every time Sophie and I have talked about the show, I have actively tried to be on Betty's side and cannot do it. Can't do it. It's so hard. She I'm not on so hard. I'm not on Dawn's side either. Like, I think they're both terrible, but like, she's not a victim. And I have to wonder, like when the press was covering it, like the season one, I can see maybe season two, um, like early, early Mad Men people like, like glorifying Don because he was like so cool and suave and like getting all these women and like Mm -hmm. doing his like cool pitches and like Kodak. He got a raise every other episode. Yeah. So like, I get how maybe people were like, screw Betty. She's so annoying and whatever. But by like end of season five, early six, when Dawn's also kind of a pathetic mess, just in a different way. I have to wonder how the, she felt like people were still picking Dawn over her. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine people being like, "Ugh, Betty's the worst because of Dawn. Cause at that point she did it. And Henry Francis spoke like three times once they got married. Yeah. We never saw him basically, but I don't know. I love January Jones. I'm watching her in the last man on earth. She's very funny, but just Betty did not ever redeem herself in my eyes. No. Even the note. So going into heartbreak scenes, mm-hmm. Sally kind of having to be the adult after Betty's diagnosis and doing that stuff was really hard to watch. But I would say even when she read that note that Betty left for her, it was like not even that emotional. It was like, I've always worried about you, but you're a girl after your own heart and you'll do okay. Love mom. What the fuck? The least sentimental. Like, Like, you know, you're dying and you basically write her a yearbook post. I mean, I, yearbook posts have more emotion. Like hags, like have a great life. Like it was mainly about like what outfits you should be in. Yeah. Like you, I always thought you were very, hold on. I just remembered the funniest thing. And I don't remember if it happened in seven or six. Whenever Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to look it up. But Betty and Sally's um, conversation about her needing a nose job and then saying like, it's not like an abortion in the farm or whatever. Yes, Um, I think that was was in seven. Yeah, because they had to bring her back from from school. She like showed up randomly at the house a couple times in seven. And this was one of them. She like got hit in the face. Sword Um, fighting with a golf club. Yeah. Um, Betty was mostly concerned about the superficial. I wish I could remember exactly what she said. Yeah. And she didn't need any, actually didn't even need surgery. It wasn't broken or anything. Yeah. But Henry, yeah, it was a perfect nose and I gave it to you. And Sally replied, it was a nose job, not an abortion. Oh man, that made me laugh. I I think Sally also makes in that same conversation, some snarky comment about like, well, what your nose and your nose got you everything and like looks around <laughs> like all this or something like that. You're like, oh yeah, it's a nose job, not an abortion. <laughs> um, Sally was pretty, Sally, I think, sorry, I just went from sad to happy with Sally, but I think that's because she rightfully so because of her age had the most growth throughout the last few seasons and like by the end of season seven I was like I would actually be friends with Sally like yeah there were some moments where I thought she was a brat but like I think she like aged out of them in a way that made sense and and kind of acted like a high schooler yeah um and then I have 
one more sad, one more sad song, a la the um, All American Rejects. But what is your heartbreak moment? I kind of jumped ahead of you. No, 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 it's fine. Um, so I, I decided just sort of like Betty's cancer in general, which led to Betty and Don's conversation Mm -hmm. where he was like, I'll come home. And she was like, no, like the kids, like, it'll be disruptive because you're never home anyway, which at this point, we're actually not sure how long he's been gone. It could have been a few weeks. It could have been a few months. Literally time is a flat circle. We have no idea. Or at least yeah. I have no idea. That doesn't mean like subliminally we weren't supposed to find out, but like I, I didn't know how long he'd been gone. Um but for so a character that wasn't really likable, they did a really good job of showing how Betty's cancer diagnosis impacted everyone. Like yeah. in her family, you know, like right. Like from Henry Francis telling Sally to Sally telling Don to Don and Betty's mm-hmm. conversation to Bobby being like fucking live in this house no one's telling me but I overhear everything right and then like Sally kind of filling in the role they did a really good job with that story it like was just very serious all of a sudden for all of them but in a way that like felt correct Mm -hmm. yeah it was all sad like the way um Henry responded to it and even just like the way January Jones played Betty, just like totally leaving her body. Yeah. Like in the room when the doctor's telling her husband, like, of course, God, all the sixties, like not telling her, telling him like, yeah. again, like, it's just like, she's sort just of there. Um, like she's just there. Right. Yeah. Like she's not like worth actually talking to because she won't understand what's going on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or whatever their excuse was. Um, no, I completely, I, I think that that was, a really good storyline to end out the show and I told you this yesterday on our non-recorded phone call except for probably by the government or I don't know who taps phones but um that I like tuned into a live randomly that January Jones did where like the num I only heard like a minute of it where it was just her saying like well, I couldn't do a madman in the future because my character died and I was like cool that's <laughs> I'm in season two. (laughs) I was like, I managed to not get spoilers for the show for six years and I'm actively watching it. And now I get a spoiler and I followed January Jones for a a while. Like I, I don't remember exactly why I started following her, but this wasn't like a new follow for me. Um, Okay. So yes, I agree with you that the way they handled Betty's entire, did you have another part? Was there a part of the conversation with uh, Betty and Dawn that really stuck out to you about her cancer diagnosis or just the like just finality. Home. I didn't realize it until you say it, how sad it is that like the kids don't know him anyway. Right. Cause my thing was like, Jean's like four, like three, wow. like, so like he, three he or four. So, lines this season. Yeah. So like he could have been a dad to him. You know what I mean? Like the fact that she knew he would be better off. And then I'm like, I can't, he's the kids are going to stay with the brother, right? Her brother. Because yeah. then I was like, okay, so the only dad Jean's ever known is Henry Francis. Who now he's also right. not. I was like, the whole thing's just so tragically sad. But also, like Henry Francis has adult children, so he's not going to want to have a three-year-old. Right. I, I get it. Like in terms of, I mean, I don't actually know what you would do in terms of like those type of custody case. Like that's tricky. And like, thankfully, we like as the audience member, I liked her brother and his wife. Like I was. They seemed nice enough when they were in the show early on, but 
Yeah. Um, my second heartbreak scene was Stan and Peggy's conversation about kids and how he was like, man, you really hate kids. And she's like kind of defensive and whatever. And then, you know, kind of breaks down and is like, like he's out with a family or whatever. And he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't know. And she's like, yeah, there's things you don't know about people. Yeah. I loved that. And I liked that. I don't know where he is at. And she was like, it's not because I don't care, but it's because we're not supposed supposed to know. Yeah. And I liked that because, you know, as you said, at like the top of the episode, one of the kind of bright spots of, I would say the show in terms of like things you can root for, if this isn't the typical show you like is the Stan and Peggy friendship turn. Like, are they flirting? Are they not flirting? Like Mm -hmm. there were moments early on where it was like his girlfriend was in bed, but he would have definitely gone to Peggy. Like, so you're always kind of like the will they won't they, but it was like this baby. I was like, did I dream this plot? Like, did it happen? Like, I know I no one's talked about it I kept expecting that to like actually like come back as a plot and it never did no ever. and like I as, other than the season two finale where Pete and Peggy have the conversation where they say like I could have had you and I didn't want you mm-hmm. and I gave the baby away I could have trapped you but I did it it has not come up since then no and so and like I was really glad that she decided to tell Stan because once she did that, I was like, okay, now I really do want them to date. Like she's been absolutely insane in front of him and Mm -hmm. now also been like vulnerable, which are like two things that she doesn't really do that well. Um, And he didn't leave. So I was very happy with that revelation, but it did kind of like break my heart a little bit. Just her acting. I'm like, every time Peggy does anything, I'm like, even if she's acting absolutely insane and unlikable, I'm like, Elizabeth Olsen or Elizabeth Olsen Elizabeth Moss is such a good actress like it is insane to me that she was like finished filming this film top of the lake which was like in a British accent and then immediately went into Handmaid's Tale like she has been on our TV since this came out in 2009 wow in like such vastly different highly acclaimed roles yeah um so yeah I was just kind of blown away by their the like vulnerability and acting and that like you know dialogue yeah, it was, that was a really, really good scene. But, okay, so let's pop into our best and worst B-plots. You just want to go back and forth? Yeah, sure. All right, you can start us off. Um, so I just did ships and B-plots together. So um, yeah. my first one is a ship, which is um, Pete and the blonde real estate agent. I just saw <laughs> them. That was so funny. I agree. Um, Especially the scene when, like, they're hecking up in the office and, like, someone comes in and Pete's like, oh, hey, man. And he's like, hey, Sharon, or, like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I think it was Ted Chaw came in. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was so funny. Um, I agree. I liked California Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I, on Along the same vein, I really enjoyed John and Shirley's friendship and their um, alliance. I know I said it earlier, but since you started with ships, I thought I would. Yeah. I would, too back over to you um I loved Roger going to the cult um I did too that was awesome of course we love seeing um John and Mona together or Roger and Mona, John Slattery <laughs> um Roger and Mona together since they are um, married in real life but um that whole thing was like very funny how they showed up in their like fancy car and, and Roger ends up like staying and like spending the night and like trying to be like you know a good sport about the whole thing and then um 
which of course like was realistic in a way because we'd seen him like do LSD mm-hmm. and then like his whole like whatever the fuck was going in in his hotel room um that one time there's just like all of the people there whatever like right like he's mm-hmm. like, doing hippie shit um in the background sort of and so it wasn't like too too out of character although I was surprised that he was like no nope, I'll stay and like see what goes on um yeah it's always really sorry what I was gonna say it was just so weird to me that then she like snuck out to have I just was like your dad's here for one night like don't bang the cult leader right like for one night can you just not so that was kind of funny like Mona's like manic uh response and the husband punching him out and like I just don't get it and I think maybe it was more common I mean I think it was actually more common that people would just like leave their kids like um I can't think of what her name is El well the kid's name is like Ellery or something but she just like has a, a child like she has a baby she has a son who has a girl's name yeah, Ellery I think is his name Emmer- Ellery I think something like that someone's gonna be screaming in their car I know right um maybe but, that's giving us a lot of credit right um yeah it was it was weird that she just like and that was it like that was the last time we saw Margaret was Margaret her dad was Roger just like leaving her there leaving her there right yeah and it was like the whole thing was like I I understood from both Roger and Mona's point of view where they're like we shouldn't have to convince you like yeah we've given you everything (laughs) and when she like had the like sit down dinner with him in like episode two like early in the season and was like I forgive you and he was like I didn't apologize and then apologize like Like, thanks for what (laughs) and she yeah and so I did kind of feel that like something was off with her and I probably should have guessed commune Mm -hmm. um just given the like 70s the 69 69 70s of it all but um I did like that he at the end of the day like kind of just like let her do her thing and was like look yeah I think you're gonna regret this because you said this yesterday on our mini prep Mm -hmm for the episode which is like when she yells back like you left me all the time like you left me and it's like yeah but aren't you still mad like your kid is gonna be mad that you left him right like if that's your logic like where does the cycle end here yeah like like it's not like okay well you left me so I get to leave my kid also like going to work every day is not abandoning your child yeah that yeah, and like literally not like he came home right and he might have been cheating but like we don't know when you knew that right and like she was going to school like what like, I agree I thought her her arguments made no sense to me it made no sense at all and it was like especially because it was like I mean even now in like 2021 it would be hard to have an argument where the father figure wasn't like well I had to go to work yeah like, <laughs> right or yeah I mean any parental figure who gets right like, the thing it's like now that you're an I also think that like now that you're an adult and I think that this is like shedding a light on um I mean there was like a huge increase in cults which is why like every cult documentary coming out was this time period and I think it's because all of these people like had gotten all the money and done all of the stuff and they still weren't happy because they weren't like getting fulfilled in other ways and I think this is like a prime example of like Margaret never needed a job so she didn't know that money costs you know what I mean like so she didn't know the value of money and so she was like well this isn't fulfilling me and it shouldn't have fulfilled you and it's like no he worked to get food on the table 
and you've never had to work. So like, Right. Just like have, play tennis with your friends in the city and like pick your kid up from daycare. You know, right. Well, and I, I think that that was part of the whole like cult thing in the 60s was like everyone who had grown up in the 40s and 50s had like experienced that like post-war like super like Betty Draper of it mm-hmm. all, right? Like super stereotype, like you like had to be a housewife and like raise your kids you know, the 2.5 kids, all that, like, like, stereotypical American things now, but it, I think there, there was, like, added pressure to, like, keep the, that rigid thing. Mm-hmm. It's why, like, the men's costumes don't change at all over, like, yeah. the whole decade, right? Like, and they also sort of look like they did in the 50s, like, not that much changed, and so if you had kind of grown up in the 50s, and then all of a sudden it's the 60s, and you're, like, now a young mom, or whatever, you're, or, like, teenager, whatever, you're, like, don't want to do that because it seemed like there was one option, right? Like to be right. a mom and do that like suburban house thing. And it just, I understand them not feeling like there's any other option really. Yeah. And so. I agree. And like, it's something that you just said that, that kind of made me think is I, it's frustrating, I guess, in one sense that Don, of course, then went and married like a 25 year old, but I do think it was really important for his character. Same with Roger. While it's like, I wish you would just marry someone over the age of 26 that's like on their own health insurance but they did both get to see that like generationally how different they were from like like especially like when Megan and Don would talk about like music which didn't happen a lot but it was like these big glaring things where it was like he was so set in his ways and like I think enjoyed kind of the fun of Megan and enjoyed the fun of not having a Betty Draper who like when he got home had everything but then on the flip side I think missed some of the stuff that Betty did and having dinner ready when he got home and expecting to do all the stuff whereas like Megan didn't in a in a way was like an a little bit more of a feminist in terms of like she had her own career she had her own life she had her own things while she didn't have her own money she I think still would have ended up where she was without Dawn she just would have been in a shittier house yeah, I agree. Um, but okay, so the next one, I'm gonna do two because we already talked about one. the Valentine's Day episode B plot with the flowers was so fucking funny. Oh. And then I actually was very interested, slash, like what the fuck with Michael Ginsburg's whole storyline with the computers and the chopping off his nipple and giving it to Peggy. That whole thing mm-hmm. caught me super off guard. I thought it was very well acted. I've seen Ben Feldman and a lot of stuff, and so it was really cool to see him play this character, but like I, I, it was, it was a really good thing because I didn't see it coming. And then the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Yeah. Like it didn't feel super obvious, but also once it happened, I was like, why the fuck didn't I think that? Right. So I really, really felt bad for him and like loved him, but also like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And then he was just gone. Like he got wheeled out. That was it. And that was it. That was his. <laughs> but like he was in the show way longer than I anticipated. Oh, same. I was God. I enjoyed him as a character. I mean, even to the end where it was. Yeah, I thought I was gonna hate him. Mm-hmm. When but they I... first cast him, I was like, no. But I, yeah, he ended up being same with like Matea, Matthias, Matthias, Mathis. His name's just Mathis. The other creative guy who hooked Peggy up on a date. I liked that yeah, B plot too. Fired. Yeah, but he um no, he, I think he just didn't get asked to go to McCann. 
Is he like, different than the one who got fired for messing up in a creative brief and then Tom no. gave him advice and he took Don's advice too literally? Yes, and he like basically told them to like fuck off. Fuck much. off, yeah. But remember when he set Peggy up with his cousin and the cousin ended up being hot and was like, let's go to Paris together. I remember that happening, but I just, I'm not putting it a name to a face. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, What's the next one on your list? <clears throat> so um Joan and her old retired rich guy which dear you predicted um I could have been a writer on this show is what I'm hearing um I in the last episode we talked about Mad Men um I would had complained about how Joan's husband made no sense and seemed like a wrong match for her and what I actually went her with was like an old white guy who like had a bunch of money and like (laughs) appreciated her um and that is exactly what she got yeah um which was really fun and they had fun I loved when they did cocaine in Mexico <laughs> that was hilarious yeah and she was like oh it feels like someone just gave me very good news <laughs> I like that and I liked that she got her little happy ending with the Holloway Harris Productions yes yes um so I liked that she two names to sound official she and she just her used hers yeah true Joan form right mm-hmm. so the next on my list is Dawn being like 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 unemployed from the firm because I think it needed to happen well I didn't enjoy all of it I think that he it was like the fall from grace was like justified like mm-hmm. he was like a fucking mess at the end of season six and it was about time that his actions had consequences but I really enjoyed that he was like kind of mood lining with Freddie Rumson. <laughs> That was hilarious. Another character I couldn't figure out how they kept bringing back, but I loved every time he popped up. Yes. Yes. And then him having to work for Peggy when Don came back. Peggy was great. And I'm like, okay, here we are. Season seven, full circle, like Mm -hmm. kind of predictable, but that's fine. I'm glad it's happening. I do wish we would have seen more of it. Um, Yeah. Because that seemed like a really interesting dynamic and Dawn being in a different place. And I just love watching people work on TV shows when they're good at the thing they do, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that's interesting, like watching them come up with ideas or whatever. It's why like part of the reason I love the suitcase episode is like, Don and Peggy's whole plot is them working on that project, right? Like right. trying to um, figure out the Sam Samsonite, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Add, yeah. And so, I would like, other than him, that one time being like, "Oh, I have to write twenty five tags for Peggy." Like, but I will say, in a similar vein of the suitcase, and I understand why the suitcase in episodes in season four gets the same amount, gets that amount of accolades. Like it is a wonderful episode. I thought that the Burger Chef pitch was kind of the season seven version of the Samsonite. Like he kind of dismissed her idea, which then made her go crazy, forcing her to call him. And then they worked late in the office. And then that episode ends with like her, Pete, and Dawn like sitting right. at the table like I really liked that yeah. that version of them working together kind of after he'd been a brat and like thrown his temper tantrum and then yeah. while her title was like technically like mm-hmm. she technically was the lead on that I did think it was really cool to see 
her, cause you do have that where someone, anyone will be like, oh, okay, like, I guess if that's like what you want to do. And then you're like, fuck, it's wrong. Like, why is it wrong right. though? And it's like, no, I was just saying like, it's not, it's fine. Like it, that's, I wasn't trying to be yeah. whatever. So I enjoyed that they actually did that. And it was like a two episode, um, yeah. campaign, which was rare that. for them. Yeah. Yeah. I did like that plot and I'm glad we, you're right. It was like the suitcase one. I just, and by rare, I know they work on like the same clients all season, just actively talking about the same client. It was like, plot. they weren't trying to win it. It was theirs. Right. I think sort of just like in general, I would have liked to see everybody in the office a little bit more. I, I know that that's like not normally what happens, right? Like the reason mm-hmm. the show exists is, you know, this a reason, like it's a nuclear family, it's a staff, it's a team whatever and then by the time you get to the end of the series we barely even talk about the reason the show's addressed it and it's taken up plot and yada yada but um I could have done without a lot of the plots this season um and like wouldn't have minded just like a little bit more time in the office and like because the dynamics did keep changing like I would have loved to like I don't they never even showed us Dawn telling Dawn that she didn't work for him anymore and that she'd been promoted like I would have loved that scene you know just stuff like that like I missed you know the secretary stuff like I don't know and I and I know we it's probably seems boring and and you know but I just well, don't need so much of Dawn like fucking around in the Midwest. I could have done without a lot of honestly the whole Dawn storylines this season like were my least favorite because yeah. I agree like while I thought it was like I thought it I just didn't understand why we kept having to create new reasons why their company was about to go away. Yeah. So like while I I liked that McCann absorbed them because I was like y'all can't fucking keep re doing this like you can't keep getting the big win and the big save and then it working out like I believed it when Sterling Cooper like that first merge when it became Mm -hmm. Sterling Cooper Draper Price and I loved that first merge but then when they tried to do it again I was like okay like we know how this goes and I did love that they like walk in the meeting and they're like no like we've done we own you like we own your company like you will work for McCann we are not gonna let you create like which I was glad that they had Don kind of fail Right, no, they sold their soul to sit. No, to say, yeah, Roger sold his soul to save Don. Yeah, yeah. Let's so, not forget that's the only reason they got absorbed was to save Don. And then he just same. Yeah, I did love. So when many they, people lost their jobs. <laughs> I know, I know. It's batshit and crazy, insane. The things that, like, I mean, I'm not gonna. Com- I'm gonna compare it in terms of this, but not in overall. But it's like uh fits going to war because olivia got kidnapped it's like seriously we're gonna go to war for one one actual mistress yeah pretty much she's yeah. like not even good at her job anymore and doesn't really even like you no um i didn't understand the i wish they would have sort of just given the audience the 20 you know aughts audience a context about what that computer was actually gonna do um Oh yeah, like because it's not what we've—I've never seen a computer. No, right. It's in no way. It's like a server. I think it's like a server. But like they weren't getting like personal computers, right? So what was it computing? 
Yeah, I have no clue. I have like, no clue. I have no idea. And I will say that's one of my like, worst I plots. You need it. Like, <laughs> that was one of my least favorite plots of the seventh season was Jim Cutler and Harry Crane's little alliance to get the computer. I was like, I don't, I don't like either one of you. No. I don't like that no. now lose in on your little kumbaya conversations. And I, I don't enjoy. Um, having y'all talk about a computer that's going to make like then when Ginsburg went crazy, I was like, it's fucking Harry's fault. Like it's all Harry's yes. fault. I I hated my my feelings about Harry were like a straight downhill, like basically this entire series. Yep. By the time we got to seven, I was like literally anytime he was on screen, I was like, this guy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he is gross. I don't like him. I mean, when um Jim, Jim says to Harry. This is tough competition, but you're one of the least honest people I've ever worked with. I was like, wow. I don't even totally understand the conversation that they just had about some lies Harry told to clients, but like, damn. Like, oh, he's so that gross. He's terrible. I, I read in it, I know I've said this on the pod before, but I read an interview with his, the actress who played his wife that said she would tune in and be like, what the fuck hasn't Jennifer divorced him? <laughs> like, why is he still, she's like, I'm, I'm not on the show anymore. They just will like say my name in passing. Like, oh, Jennifer's at home with the kids. Right. And it's like, yeah, he's just like, they like spent enough time to make him a character who was important enough to like be a partner, but not enough time to give him any redeeming qualities that they gave to like Roger or Pete or anyone really else. Any yeah. He just like would pop in to be swarmy and like fuck someone over and then leave. Right. Yes, he was like a supporting like, to everyone else. And once he lost Paul as his kind of like yeah. minion, it was kind of like, why is Harry still here? Right. Yeah. And like, I guess like the media thing, I don't know. I just wish that realistic, someone else would have come in and like been experienced and taken Harry's job yes. in That's the real world. Because like, obviously- I guess maybe not experience, it was new. Like he was right about that. Yeah. But yeah, no, 100%. Are you kidding me? Roger or, um, or, um, what was, what was Cooper's first name? Bert. Bert. RIP Bert Bert Cooper. One of them would have been, once they realized there was a shit ton of money to be made in commercials. Yeah. They would have hired someone legit to come in. Because, like, was Harry even, like, pro- what was I think he was just an account man. Or like, maybe he was in creative. He, I have no clue what his job was pre-media. Was, like, accounts for commercials? Like, I don't, I, how does that even work? I, I don't, it, it just. I think he just handled the, like, media relations. So, like, if a client wanted to buy an ad spot, then, like, Pete or whoever would introduce uh, them. And, like, and he, he would, would like, broker it. Yeah, he would be the broker between oh, the client and like buy the ad space, yeah. which like that job, I guess, would have been relatively new. So I don't know if anybody could have like come in and been more experienced. I just think someone more likable would have hired, would have interviewed. Yeah, he really sucks. Um, okay, let's see. Do you have any? I have a few more favorites. What about you? Um, so I do think it's worth noting when I, there's not really anywhere else to put it, but when John goes to the retreat with Stephanie and they're all sitting around in group therapy basically and that one guy says um starts crying right like he 
he uh, I can't remember what his thing was but he was like I he had some metaphor right it's like he's like I feel like I'm in the refrigerator on a shelf and like people open the refrigerator and look at me but then they reach for something else and like then they close the refrigerator again right Mm -hmm. like like that Mm -hmm. so basically he was feeling not seen right by like anybody and like he had no impact which a real stretch for that to be what Don Draper identifies with. I'm like, you're in charge of everything. Everything. Like you love being the boss of everyone. And yeah, right now you're fired, but it's your fault. Because well, you walked other, out of that meeting. Other mistakes. Right. I'm like, it has nothing to do with your ability to be a leader. You made some mistakes in other areas of your life, like being an alcoholic. And- I don't think that's a choice. Tr- I mean, well, it's, it's, it's a disease, but like. Don made choices, choices, Don made choices that ended his marriage. He made choices that ruined relationships at his work. He chose to walk out of McCann. To not be with his children, repeatedly choosing right to like. He like went into that meeting, looked at his box lunch, walked out and then fucking drove to meet a waitress who he had slept with like three times. Like he made choices that like made him not seen. Because, like, Arnold and Sylvia loved him, would have wanted to be friends with him. Granted, he slept with her, but he could have not. Megan was happy in her marriage, could have stayed happy. Like, they could, he could have stayed seen for lack of, for the the point that you're making. Yeah. Right. And, like, at no point did, like, all the underlings, that's what I don't get. It's, like, all the underlings who worked at the office, whatever office it ever was, they always, like, respect, fear, Don. Yeah. And I guess, I guess like part of me empathizes with him because it is the whole, nobody wanted me. My mom died in childbirth. My I mean, dad yeah, was drunk. He, like, he never let go um, of that and never yeah. worked through it. So I have to imagine that that was just like his, impo- like always right beneath the surface. Yeah. Maybe that's it. His, and like, maybe they just did too much in the early seasons to be like, Don Draper, everyone knows Don Draper, Don Draper's the best. You've slept around. I know, you know, like They made him like so name recognition that like, and I don't know, I've never felt not seen. I don't know what that feels like to be that depressed. So. And I do think the Don Draper, Dick Whitman of it all is, is probably a a big part of that. Yeah. Right. But um, when I was listening to the. uh, Mad Men Happy Hour. Mad Men Happy Hour podcast. They pointed out that like. Don gets up right and goes to hug the guy the way that they frame the shot is from behind the man mm-hmm. so Don has to walk across a circle and give him a hug so Don's facing us and the man is facing away from us they're all sitting in chairs and the way that the guy is sitting is like leaning on his left arm and has his right arm out so it looks like the dawn silhouette in the title sequence oh cool flash logo and so then dawn gives him a hug so it's like a metaphor for dawn hugging himself Huh. i can see that i didn't pick uh, it up 
because he also was crying right yeah um so I mean even if you didn't get like the visual metaphor like obviously him starting to cry yeah. like, doing this whole like I suddenly have a thing right like it would be it, that the same message gets across but like I I hadn't totally picked up on that even though we didn't talk about it when we were covering um four through six but they silhouette Peggy in when she sits down in Dawn's desk yeah um in the sixth finale um you know in the same little way with that line of course that did not pan out we got fucking stuck with the world's most annoying creative director instead but oh Lou um, I did yeah and one last note before I move before you move on is I did really like the Dawn and Stephanie friendship towards the end because I was so fucking pissed at Megan when she I was like I didn't get it like is she insecure I'm like why is she doing I just couldn't figure out why she was doing it and I have been a Megan fan and that episode I was like what the actual fuck is she doing yeah I was like is she trying to push Dawn away or is she trying to hold him close like I couldn't ever figure out her motives like when she did the threesome I'm like is this to keep Dawn or to push him away like having Stephanie leave I'm like do you want Dawn to be mad at you or do you want to be the hero never could figure it out that party that they had was another good plot as far Mm -hmm. as marriage goes because it was just like so clear that like they are not in the same place that is not the kind of party Don wants to be at and it's like mm-hmm. very much the party that Megan wants to be throwing yeah um, it made me kind of miss parties blew my mind just that's, that's the next thing on my list of my favorite b-plots <laughs> um, that's what I texted you and was like how much money is Don supposed to have like when he gave her a million dollars I was like so so I feel like even giving somebody, just writing them a check for a million dollars, even now would be like insane. Bananas. And they, every time, every time they reference money in season seven, I was uh, Googling the exchange. So the exchange on a million dollars in 1969 is, I believe, somewhere between seven and eight million dollars today. So basically he just wrote her a check for like 7.5 mil. Which also, I love that at the beginning of the episode, she was like, no, 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 I don't need moving expenses. And he's like, I'll give you $500 to move. And she was like, okay, yeah, that should be more than enough. And then I did like Roger's whole spiel where he was like, she's going to say you ruined her life and did all of this stuff. And I really liked the divorce. I, I liked this, this scene with Don and Megan. And when he just like gave her a million dollars to basically like shut her up. Mm -hmm. And then I loved that Marie Calvay robbed rob of every or like robbed don of everything and then had roger pay for it yes that was hysterical them ending up together was like chef's kiss like yes i I loved it so much i obviously wish he would have ended up with mona but mona was happily with someone else right but i thought that that was i was like mad for a second roger to be with if it wasn't like exactly it was like age appropriate right yeah but like still fun right because roger is fun Right. And speaking of Roger being fun, I loved when Peggy's office wasn't ready and they just both got drunk at the old. And I was like, why don't we get more, why don't we get more scenes with Roger and Peggy? Like, I wish we would have gotten, cause it was funny in season six when she like took him for his watch or whatever. And then I loved this one when they were just like getting drunk off vermouth, which like, 
And just, um, like, him, what was he, like, playing the organ? organ, and she was, like, roller skating. Roller skating around the empty office. I mean, it was so funny. And then the scene of Peggy, like, walking into yep. McCann with, like, her little cigarette and her um, octopus um, poster from, from Bert's Bert, office. Yep and like her little box and just her little sunglasses on inside I was like yes I have I have that sticker of that walk on my computer I loved it so much yeah and she said in interviews like it was so fucking heavy she was like the box they like didn't believe in like any like they wanted it all to be realistic so she was like I was holding the print and then the box and then the cigarette and then like walking she was like it was not fun to do it was not glamorous to do she's like I'm loved I love that it turned out like (laughs) looks great but she was like it was so fucking hard and I was like yeah when you're carrying like a photo like she was like it was a weirdly sized print yeah it was huge yeah yeah I loved that that whole thing was so funny so um one of I have like three more but one of that I like one of them it's like one of those where it's like not something that I liked or disliked I just was like a fucking course but when Glenn showed up again and was like professing it and like love Sally and all of that stuff I was like oh, of course my- of course like I wasn't even mad god Glenn I know every, at this point I expect it's comic at this point up, right I'm like Glenn's gonna be in Don Draper's chair in the opening credits like whatever that kid pops up everywhere right. I loved watching Sally's face recognized that Glenn was like interested in her mom mm-hmm. like I thought that was so funny because like we as the audience have known that like Glenn's kind of been obsessed with Betty the whole time yeah and like I don't I think that he did end up developing an actual friendship with Sally yeah. but like was always in love with Betty and like mm-hmm. I think that's why the friendship with Sally felt so non-creepy yeah in like two through six mm-hmm um, and felt really like kind of sweet and brotherly. And then when he like, I don't know, I loved that Sally, that Betty didn't recognize him. Like I loved the whole bit of it. And like, I wasn't even annoyed. I was like, welcome and in, come on in Glenn, when sit down. He showed back up in the house later though. And Betty was like, you know, Sally's not here, right? And he was like, yeah, I know. I screamed <laughs> out loud. I was like, no, what's happening? Oh, I loved it. So it's just was so fucking weird. Like, her touching his face and and him being like well you're the one for me or whatever he's like why can't we be together and her reason was that she's married (laughs) Betty that's the best you can do I know I know I know and he was like going to Vietnam because he like knew it would make Betty proud it's like what the fuck Men go to war for stupid, such stupid fucking reasons. I just, the payoff with, it was worth it. Like it was worth it. Yeah. He really irritated me in like hindsight now. Like, I don't think his character ever bothered me. He was just fucking creepy. He was just creepy. I could never figure out what his ending <laughs> was. What was what always annoyed it me. It was like, to I, get Betty. I was always, I mean, now we know. But he was I, like eight when they met. I was always, right, the lock of hair. I <sighs> was always on defense trying to protect Sally yeah like I'm like I don't want her to like have a crush on him or like whatever I, I mean I I don't know is he gonna kidnap her like I, can't <laughs> figure out I know but then it was sweet whenever I mean we talked about it in our season six episode but like whenever he came and yeah. rescued her at yes after that, that I was stuff. like okay no he's good like he really is like doing the brother thing or whatever now we know it's because he's in love with her mom um, yeah yeah and that's mom. probably why he destroyed their house in like season three 
our season four, like a fucking psycho. So weird, but I don't know. Endearing. I mean, I don't know how to feel about him. I just knew it wasn't in my worst plot, which made me feel weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did like his three phone calls with the most important women in his life. Dawn's his call. He had was sad. I thought that was a really smart way. Um, although one of my worst is that he was on a road trip for the last three episodes of this show, like of this I series. Could have used one, one episode I, of road trip. He, I could have used the road trip where he got beat up like seasons ago. I don't need to keep seeing him get beat up in motel rooms. No. And like running away from his problems again. Like, and like I don't know. And I, kind of all the time. And this time he went a little bigger with it, which wasn't better. Like it no. was just like, why the fuck is he out in like BFE? And yeah, like in Oklahoma. I think he was in Oklahoma City or something. He was in Oklahoma for forever. So long. I thought he was in Ada, but he was in a town I've actually never heard of. Um, I guess I liked his like the war talks that he got to kind of be honest about it. And then it beat him. Yeah. It, then it. That was him. nice that he got to um, like tell the truth. Like, PTSD therapy, right? Group therapy. Yeah. Um, and right, and finally tell the truth. I understand it was necessary for his character growth and like yada yada. But like, did but we? Then he got punished for it. All of it. No, we didn't. Right. He got punished for it, which I'm like, what kind of mis- messaging is that? Yeah. And <laughs> it just like it, that episode is one of the most slow episodes. I felt like I could not stand his time in Oklahoma. I was like, this is all so boring. Like, yeah. I don't even like to go to Oklahoma. The typewriter, him like with the kid who's like trying to. So, yeah. And then he gave him his car and I was like, Don, like, you've like given away millions of dollars in the last two episodes. Like, I'm like, what's wrong with you? I did like how shady the real estate agent was when she was like, how am I supposed to sell your house when it's like a sad, depressing man lives here who couldn't even clean up the wine after he spilled it on the carpet? Yeah. And he was like, imagine it. This is your job. (laughs) Sell it. Sell the apartment. Sell the furniture like it's here. I was like, Don, you're such a dick. And then when she did, he was like, oh, okay. And like all sad. It's like, um, okay. So my last favorite, and this is my all-time favorite B-plot, Pete accidentally getting an extremely high paying job and not realizing he was even interviewing for it that was amazing (laughs) I loved how mad he got I love that he then stood the guy up which then got him out of his million dollar contract at McCann I love that then it forced Trudy to take him back I loved their little family out um I don't really particularly care about outfits as much as a lot of the other people in my life but I like loved Trudy's little like getting on the airplane outfit and then like walking with the wit I was like Way to go, Pete. You really, you really became the winner. You came out on top of Don Draper. This yeah, time. Pete insisting that he didn't want the job. But he wasn't he, lying. No, he, he was like, <laughs> honestly, like, I didn't realize I was on an interview right now. <laughs> I love like, so much. As, as like dessert was coming. Like, he was yeah. like, like, what do you mean? Yeah, I was like, you're the candidate. He was like, no, I'm not. No, Duck wants me to fill you out. We're to right. see what type of candidate you want. And he's like, yeah, you. And he's like, no, 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 sorry, no, no, no. sir. You're <laughs> misunderstanding me. Duck sent me here to feel you out. And it's like, no, no, Duck sent you here for the interview. And I know you hate Duck, but I think it made his appearance worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just for that thing. I also love, this is kind of a side note, but I felt like Duck and Lou Avery could have been the same character. We didn't need both yeah. of them. Yeah. I loved how much he got made fun of for his comic book art, which was essentially underdog. 
And I love that you and I went on the Gossip Guys podcast and talked about Underdog. So I knew anything about it. Yes. And then he like got a job and moved to Tokyo. (laughs) So that was an appropriate exit for him. I was was like, like, great. I don't see him anymore. But (laughs) yeah, I loved the the Pete-Duck interactions. I just thought Duck popping back up again. It's like Glenn, like whack-a-mole, but I guess you're going to stay. Right. Yeah. I loved um, Pete and Trudy getting back together. I did too. It was very sweet. And I, the little exchange that they had where she was like, what did she say? She was like, well, like, you know, you were never, it was something like you, like, well, I never hated you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I love you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they were, when he like banged on her door at four in the morning. Yes. Someone banged on my door at four in the morning once and I called the cops. Like, it, <laughs> like if someone banged on my door after like one thirty in the morning, that's like my limit between, oh, I only say one thirty because suburbs like, Oh, in the suburbs, if someone's banging on my door at four in the morning and I had a child, a I would, only. yeah, like, it's a bad murderer. Who's letting yeah. me know he's there. I've never understood people who are like, you just woke me up. It's the four in the morning. It's like your first instinct was to open the door. What? You didn't even have a cell phone where they could call you and be like at your door. No. Could have called he, the landline though. Yeah, I just thought I like I was happy for their happy ending because by the end of it I like feet. Same, 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 same. I was and on I TV. am not embarrassed to say it anymore. <laughs> I've sat with it for a few weeks and I feel confident that he was morally better than a lot of the other people who thought they were better yeah. than him. And by the time we got to the end, he'd stopped competing with Ken. He knew Ken, he was well, his job. Ken is the reason that they couldn't do their fake thing. Cause he was like, Nope, I'm not going to take my business with you. And I actually am done with this. I loved him. I love, you know, anybody who's listened to me talk knows that I love, I'm a Kenny Cosgrove stan. Mm-hmm. I love that he got, he like got off the account, then got the extremely high paying job at Dow chemicals, mm-hmm. then was the client and then yeah. kind of fucked them. I was like, you know what? You've earned it. You lost an eye yeah. and they laughed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved Kenny too. I didn't love that he had to be an asshole in season seven. I know it was like a long time coming. Yeah. But he wasn't in it too, too much, but I can see how you might not like that. So do you have any more favorites or should we go ahead and go into least favorites? Well, I'd be with Peggy and Stan if you want to talk about that now. We could definitely talk about Peggy and Stan now. Um, and we don't have to like talk a ton about it. I didn't totally see it coming. I know that they always kind of teased them mm-hmm. um, as far as like them kissing occasionally um certainly like in that very first the first time they have a project together and they're in the hotel and like he's insists he's a nudist and Peggy was like okay fine like called calling his bluff on it Mm -hmm. um I mean I went through the whole range of emotions during that episode but by the time we got to the end of it I was like okay they're not gonna date and like they're gonna work together and, and and we just need to like clear the air on this and then, like, a couple of seasons later, when he does drugs, they end up kissing, and she's like, no. And then, like, later that episode, he's, like, having sex with his girl. Um, someone's oh. Daughter. Yeah. Someone's hippie daughter, who was, like, in the office that day. 
Okay. I mean, she was like a teenager or like, a, you know, in her twenties, like whatever, like it wasn't like a child by any means, but like he, so it was that then, then again, I was like, okay, no, no, no. That was just like him just like being horny or whatever. And I did love their little phone calls, but to me, it just felt like that, like after that, and honestly, even after the beginning, they just like coasted into like a really positive, like work wife husband situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, he had that girlfriend, she had Abe and it never seemed competitive and they never seemed petty about like the other person you're with. Like even that one time when there was a mouse in her apartment and she called him mm-hmm. and he was like in bed with the other girl. She wasn't like, well, come like whatever. She was like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah. Like, oh, fine. They were like very right, like, realistic. He, he was like, no, I can't. And she was like, no, 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 wait, you're right. Like, sorry. I, I didn't realize you had company. Like, yeah. my bad. like I'll get out. and he was like, okay, great. Thanks. Bye. Like it was so in no way did it seem like, right. It was so platonic. So friendly. Like, um, I, I love their best friendship. I think that's one of the reasons I love that it happened one over the phone because so much of their relationship did and two that it like kind of caught her off guard and then how quickly she was like oh shit like no you're right like I do love you yes I loved his declaration and yeah I thought it came at a really good time yes in the show too like it was like at the very at the end but not the very very end right because we got to see their relationship the whole show like we didn't right I didn't dating no, and also like one of the faults that I think Joan has addressed in Peggy's, like everyone has kind of given Peggy shit for is like, you have no life outside of work. So it makes right. sense that she would date someone at work, but also date someone who's like not afraid to tell her like, fuck off. Like right. she needed someone a little bit like who understood the demands of her job mm-hmm. and also understood that sometimes she was just being a brat. Yeah, exactly. Like, and he had earlier in the season said, there's more to life than work mm-hmm. so like that means he also theoretically would be like a positive influence on like her work life out that yeah. way for tonight honey yeah <laughs> I I just like Stan was a character that I was shocked that I always loved him like even when he was like maybe not right I still came out being like one of the good ones like yes. I think because he was like a creative mm-hmm. and not a partner I didn't associate like any of those guys with the like Kenny Pete Harry like I didn't judge them as harshly as I judged um the like partners of the firm well because the creatives were never like competing right well they never had like a they never their disagreements with Don were always funny yeah and or like I guess maybe because you and I both work in a little bit more creative roles like I've been on the other end of a conversation like I was saying today where someone's asking you to do something that you're like no it's it's actually not possible. Like I, I just can't do that. Like I don't know how else to tell you that like I can't do it. Like I'm hearing you tell me that you want it to be blue, but like literally in the last meeting, the client said nothing. No. Blue. Yeah, and like so, we've. Like, that's why it's not blue. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it showed the importance of like the Don Draper ran creative like an account, right? Like so, the, his creative department was his account, the same way Pete did, like Clearsell or all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. whereas like I think because Peggy was like the junior copywriter copywriter whatever she then like was like kind of on, in the ground with those guys but the only girl so like they ended up right. having to be a little bit less like sexist and dickish because she right. was their boss right yeah no for sure which was such a smart thing but I I agree with you that st- I mean I I didn't see it coming like yeah, I never too. heard like in all of the years since Mad Men has been on the air, I have never heard the name Stan before. Same. 
So like, I didn't know that that character existed. No. <laughs> so like, there were no, spo- like I knew Ben, you know, like I knew all the big players. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, no one's ever said to me, like, I just loved like Peggy and Stan from Mad Men. Right. And I listened to like the shipping room podcast to like, <laughs> and like read about couples on Buzzfeed. Like that's like incredibly right. my niche. So I'm shocked that it hasn't come up more, I but know. I guess for the like sanctity of like the show and the way I watched it, I was really glad that I was like, holy right. shit. Like they're kissed. Like he loves her. Like he you actually were all like, equally surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Like it felt like I was watching it live. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, no, but this harkens back to the conversation that we had in the um, the random conversation we had in the episode about Ted Lasso mm-hmm. when I was like, I always feel like I should date someone who I work with. This is why. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> like you really, he, I mean, Stan's seen her at her best. He's seen her at her worst. They've gotten that like, emotional breakdown moment where she was like, well, here's my trauma. Um. <laughs> yeah. But to our, our wonderful co-host on that episode, Andy. Yes. The person you date will also see you in those traumatic areas. It doesn't have to be in your place of employment. Yeah, but there's like a distance of like observing. There's also something really nice about, and I guess I'm a little bit on your side. Not that I think I will only meet someone through work because I don't think I will. But like in, and I think this may be like more of like a friends to lovers trope than necessarily coworkers. But like her telling him about her baby or telling him about the trauma or like him seeing her relationship with Dawn and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. then him still choosing to date her versus them dating. And then she tells him and he has to decide right. like yeah. he, she knew going into that relationship that he accepted the yes. fact that she had given yes. that baby up. The fact that her relationship with Dawn is like not healthy. Right. All of the time. The fact, you know, like, yes. All and of those things. Is like she was able to tell him that from a place of like, we've known each other for a long time and now mm-hmm. this sort of has come up organically and so I'm being like fine like you've sort of like pushed me into a corner about like why I'm reacting to this situation the way I am yeah um, this is what's happened to me instead of it being like a because if they were dating right then it'd be like okay so like I have actually already been pregnant and like yeah this secret child and like then it's all I- about like what it means for quote unquote for them right as right. a couple and like it's all other like clouded bullshit like whatever and you know why and didn't I, you tell me sooner all that shit so I think for better or for worse Peggy really came into her own yeah. in season six whether you thought she was like a brat or or you loved her I never thought she was a brat I thought I mean I thought she had some like, tendencies where I would be yeah like but she never like was a brat to me I'm like okay like no, I was always kind of on her side, except I didn't love the conversation she had with Joan where they like went to that pitch meeting and like both kind of slided each other. That um, was but, interesting. Was that in this season? I don't know. I think so. But like also they gave her the landlord job with the kid who came and hung out at her apartment. Right. Like, they tried to like soften her while keeping her Peggy, which I appreciated. Yeah, I agree. Um, actually we can, that's a good point. Let's talk about Joan and, and Peggy really quick. Okay. Um, just something I had noticed and like kind of the guys on the, um, Javier podcast pointed out in a way that like, I guess men in 2015 can point anything out. Um, <laughs> but, um, Peggy and Joan had that, it, they've had, I think at least two conversations where like, they're arguing but they're not really arguing about the same thing 
Yeah. And they're definitely not seeing eye to eye, even about what the problem is. Right. Um, which is really interesting that like the show wrote these two women, not as friends, but also not as like enemies. You kind of never really knew where. Matt Weiner has talked about their relationship and being like, they were never going to be roommates. They were never going to be Thelma and Louise. Like they were coworkers Mm -hmm. who like, and that was it. Right. Well, and And I I did appreciate that. Like, right, right, right. There are a lot of people who you just like, don't want to hang out with outside of work, but like respect. Towards the very end, um, though, when Joan was like, wouldn't it be so great if we had our own company? Like, we can do whatever we want. There'll be, like, none of the, like, boys will be boys stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll be free of all that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit surprised that Peggy didn't take her up on it just because it would have made sense as far as it's the finale. And, like, this is, like, XYZ is what Peggy's doing next, right? Like, she's moving on to this, like, high-paying, like, new creative like field for her whatever um but I mean I understood when she got together with Stan because that happened her and Stan getting together happened later and so like I understood the two of them like staying with the company or whatever yeah I think she wanted to be like the Don Draper of McCann yeah 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 um but I understand why Joan pitched it and thought that like it was going to be so great and why Peggy that wasn't a selling point for her because Peggy and Joan had been treated totally differently in the office mm-hmm. probably their whole lives not like totally totally like black and white right but it's like right. a spectrum of gray where like Joan simply got harassed so much more than anyone else but especially Peggy because not only does she look different than Peggy but Peggy sort of like kind of kept her head down and like stayed in the creative office all the time right like right. she kind of had a less visible role in addition to just like her looking different right and um well, the whole thing of it and for what for whatever reason I think Peggy did not like and I don't know how to say this where it won't sound more offensive than I mean it, but it's like Peggy would have been like, oh, it sounds so gross. I understand, dear listener, I know this sounds fucking disgusting, but like Dawn had like first dibs on Peggy, I think in terms of like office sexual harassment and uh-huh. didn't take it. Yeah. And so I don't think there was ever a moment where like Roger wanted to sleep with Peggy. And so then she kind of like did get sexual harassed by the like guys in her class mm-hmm. of like right, the right, right. Paul, <laughs> Harry, uh, yeah. Pete and Kenny group Mm -hmm. but then when she did that basket full of kisses and got promoted to creative I don't think they actually knew what to do with a woman who wasn't the secretary so like Peggy completely went off on a different path whereas like Joan and their minds worked for them and I actually will say well it's like one of it's like one of these like B plots that I hated but also liked because it needed to happen Mm -hmm. was the fact that Joan went into McCann thinking that she could run it like Sterling Cooper and they were terrible and sexist and horrible and the harassment and like all of that read very real though for the times and it was kind of insane that she hadn't experienced that because of her relationship with Roger like I don't think she realized how much or maybe she realized it subconsciously but her relationship with Roger kept her protected yeah aside from comments like you know very like bad drawings or whatever still harassment but not as outright or not anything she couldn't verbally handle right and then she gets to McCann and thinks that she can 
like do it there. And it's like, no, they don't give a shit about you. You're a woman who came in with giant boobs and enough money to like fucking retire tomorrow. Right. Yeah, exactly. And of course it was Dan Scott from one trail with them, which Mm -hmm. not only just Roger, but like a lot of the other employees and that had been with the, the firm for as long as she had. I mean, she'd been there for 15 years. and Well, and also she she's like, like 15 years older than Peggy. Yes. Yeah. That's the other thing. I think she's 10 years older than Peggy, but yeah. like Generationally, yeah. A generational difference, right, for sure, of like Jonah having 10 extra years of having to deal with all this office bullshit, right? Yeah. And I will say I was really disappointed when they had her take the buyout and get yeah. the 50s whatever um because I was like she so she, only she, got like a, she had she probably got like two million instead of four million or whatever yeah and like I was really disappointed because she had worked so hard for the respect and she didn't even get as much respect as she deserved in terms of the accounts and yeah. she only had like two accounts right like so she had worked in like Claude and like got Jaguar and, and like mm-hmm. did all of her moral stuff like tested her boundaries just to get to a point where then they folded and that's when she and her her and Dawn's relationship kind of went to shit when she was like we're thinking as a we and you're not like start thinking about other people who think about you and then Um, she gets fired and I'm like she finally does all this stuff and she's just going to get this man and this money and I never thought Joan was about the men or the money and so I was so happy when she started the production company and I was so fucking happy that she used both of her names yeah, that was awesome. Because that I was, was like, you know what? She does want to work. She does want to be a boss ass bitch. She didn't get that opportunity at Sterling Cooper. So I'm like feminist right. ranting, but like <laughs> I true. was, whenever it was like, she's getting fired and she just has this boyfriend that's like age appropriate and rich. I was like, okay, well she's only like 40. Right. Like yeah. that's a long life to be done. Right. If no, you I, like working. Plus she's never wanted to be a housewife, right? She's always liked Yeah. Her. So I, I wish, I guess I, I, I agree with you. I saw why Peggy wouldn't take it mm-hmm. um, because it's not like creative in a way that Peggy likes to be creative. Yeah. Like the script soup, like the producing would not, it would be like a boring job. I think for Peggy who likes to like go to clients and like have artwork and all of the stuff. Yeah. There's just like, and the slogan and the tagline. Cause the other stuff's done. Yeah. Right. If you're well, producing something. Lot. The last thing I'm going to say about oh, yeah, sorry, you brought this up. is that I did actually, you said you thought she only got 2 million. I think she only had 1 million to begin with. Yeah. She got 50 cents on the dollar. So with that only meant she got a half mil in her buyout, which means she would have made more money by marrying Dawn. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, everyone I know would have made more money marrying Dawn. but yeah maybe Pete's was four million because I remember being shocked that that aviation company or whatever he went to work for bought him out of it yeah it was a lot let's do our worst and or meanest and then we can we take a break pickles is whining um I probably need to take her like downstairs really quick okay surprise it's us again this is just a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you are subscribed to the pod on itunes or on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts it really helps us um, with our audience and it really helps you make sure you don't miss an episode as these do drop 
on Tuesdays weekly. Second thing is actual exciting news. We are doing a little giveaway of sorts. If you go and give us a review on iTunes, then screenshot the review and email it to us at singlebestscene at gmail.com, we will send you a very special Single Best Scene sticker. So get those reviews in and we will get you a sticker. And that's it. Thanks. I, okay, guys, I, we're back from our break. We're back. Sorry, we're sorry, back. We're back. Sophie had to walk her dog, but we are back to finish out yes. on worst B plots. I you really love seeing Duck again. Although, <laughs> like the Pete storyline where he accidentally got a better job was very funny. Yes. Um, I way more hated everything Dawn did this season um after the merger I basically after his divorce is whenever he right okay yes the divorce slash like when he barges into the conference room like it is it is downhill from yeah the waitress in my opinion the waitress I hate it I hate it I I hate that I don't like that actress like I know that's probably bad on me but like if you are a Grey's Anatomy fan or have watched any of season four of Grey's Anatomy she is like Alex's crazy girlfriend and then she played the mom in Twilight which like Mm -hmm. is probably fine but I feel like she just pops up to be kind of like annoying um and I just think I residual like dislike her every time she's on screen because I just picture her from Grey's Anatomy maybe that's it because I also she's the one who like like, well and also like the parallels between her storyline on Mad Men and Grey's Anatomy were so similar and that like on Grey's Anatomy she like was the girl who got her face she got a new face like Ava Rebecca in the fairy but then she found out that she was like married with a kid and then like ran away and like came back to Alex but then like slit her wrist and Alex had to like put her like in a treatment facility or something and went away and then in this she's like run away from her husband and kid like it's like the same thing and I'm like why does this actress just scream like troubled mom who can't get her shit together (laughs) and like I also could figure out like I've read so many reviews of this episode those two are my least favorite episodes eight and nine Mm -hmm. and I tried to read so many reviews to figure out like what the fuck was going on like it was And I would have been so disappointed if I watched that live and I waited a full year to see. And like one of the articles was like, she's supposed to be like an every woman. Like he sees her and could think of Rachel, which I did like that they brought back Rachel Minkins storyline just to kind of wrap that that up. That we got, yeah, we got wrapped up. Sad, but but whatever. And then like, he was like, if you see her in a crowd and then in the elevator, Sylvia's in the elevator. And I was like, okay, I guess I enjoyed that scene. But just like overall- Don and like one of the the recaps I read was like Don doesn't even care about selling his apartment because he could just go move in with Diane and I was like what the fuck no you can't just like no. go move in with a waitress you met three weeks ago who doesn't who lives in a apartment that you could own the building also didn't he like talk shit on that apartment like I didn't it, think in any way he was gonna move in it was like a comic comically small like girls hbo style apartment like it was not wish fulfillment apartment it was like probably a realistic view right. of what it was like to move to the city with no money right yeah exactly 
Um, yeah, I just didn't see the point in her at all. It really seemed like a last fling for the viewers that nobody wanted or needed. Like, I would right. much rather just like continued the girlfriends, uh, the ghost of girlfriends past. Right. Well, because we talked about it on the last episode, sure. like when Mid showed up and she was like addicted to drugs and he mm-hmm. kind of saw the downwards belt. Yeah. I or a last taken- thing with a secretary that ends poorly. I mean, literally anything else. This like, yeah, the like jump started. I just didn't see the appeal of her either. Like, right. I didn't see what made him jump in the car, leave his kids, and drive to like Kansas, right, or wherever the if, fuck, Indiana or wherever she was from. If she looked like Betty, like when he dated Anna Camp, yeah, 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 that would have been a full circle, made a lot of sense. Trying to start over again because he'd fucked shit up so much with Betty if they would have put it after knowing that she had cancer, that would have made a lot of sense because he's like trying to whatever. Or if she looked like Anna, the his first not real wife, right? Right, like, right. That also would have made a lot of sense. But like this? Well, and also I was so confused whenever he was like, I think I know you. Like I thought maybe there was going to be some sort of like Dick Whitman style flashback that yes. she was like a kid who yes. was also around or like right. the, yeah. the, the woman Whitman. who took his virginity's child. You know, like right. I thought there was going to be yes. some sort of yes. tie. Well, be- she had actually been in the show already. Like, yeah, because like, am I stupid? Like- when they slept together in the alley and she was like, I know that's what you came for. I was like, I didn't. Like, I didn't know that's why he was there. Right. Like, do you just sleep with Gus? I was so, I was so confused. I agree with you. Like, I felt like I was like, did I miss an episode where they introduced this yeah. character in like season two? Right. Like, yes. was this like when I was in my COVID fever dream and like mm-hmm. we met her, but like, I don't right. like this actress. So I would remember. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I've never seen right. her interview. Or if she had been um, like, you know, Sally's wet nurse or any, Sarah yeah, Danny. like any context of right, like or like friends with, yeah, the like fact that she had absolutely no ties to New York too was weird, right? I didn't understand it. I'm sure if I like read it enough, would have made more sense if it would have been one of Megan's friends, yeah. Well, and I that downloaded, <laughs> I downloaded those two Mad Men happy hour. We've basically plugged their podcast the whole time, but to listen to it. And then I like started playing it and I was like, I hate these episodes so much that I don't even want to listen to someone explain to me why I might've missed it. Like I was so, and like, I, that I think is whenever I was like, cause up until that point, like the first thing, cause Bert died and like Megan and Dawn's divorce as I've been very publicly fan of Megan. Like I was kind of getting to a point where I was like, I don't want this to end. Like it's all sad or whatever. And then those two episodes happened and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to binge the next four. Like let's get this show on the road. I want it to be over. Like it kind of helped break up the, like, you know, when you get like a show hangover and you're like, I don't want it to end. And I don't want to watch the last episode. I didn't have that as much with Mad Men. Cause I was just so fucking done with Dawn. I was so over him. Same. I, I can't believe how long he was in the retreat. I didn't need his whole random, like, half-assed plot of being a race car driver. I didn't need him to be in Oklahoma for so long. That could have just been one night. He didn't have to be there for a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, him driving around knowing that his kids and his job and everything else was back in New York. And it it just seemed like he was super lost but I'm like why is he super lost in the seventh inning 
Right. Or yeah. Nine like, innings. why now? Any baseball? I think like people typically will say like bottom of the seventh, but I think typically baseball has have nine innings, but they end by the seventh right. inning because it's something about like there's but some rule. Seventh inning stretch. stretch. Yeah, I think that's when you can like. I mean, we are going to piss off our one male listener or female listener who like- loves sports, but I think the seventh <laughs> inning stretch is when like if you do really well in that one, then the game gets to end. Oh really? I don't know. That okay, was well, so this made up. The inning of a really stressful game, and um, arguably the ninth inning, and then Don just says, um, okay. "I'm gonna go back to the beginning and be a brat and leave." Buy the world like, a coke. Yeah. So I was just like, I, I was uninterested in that Don. Like, I'm uninterested in Don, who's a piece of shit. Like, I don't really care. Like his. Well, and I felt like we had made so much growth with him. And I felt like his relationship with Sally had gotten better. We talked yes. about this in our last episode with like him and Bobby finally have like a happy memory. Like I right. felt like he was yeah. starting to move forward. And it was like, I don't think that his divorce messed him up. Like, I don't think that Megan, no. like, because he essentially, and you and I have talked about this and disagreed a little bit, but like, their marriage was essentially over when he decided to stay in New York. Like when he, yeah. when she went to LA, it might've taken them a while to like outright say it, but like, you're right. Like starting in season seven, it was kind of like, I thought we were done, but we're not. And we're just going to fill yeah. this out. So like, I don't really understand. And maybe I just have missed something or forgotten, but like why Don got better only to get so much worse. Yes. Like right. he had his like season six depression. Seven, he he had come in, work for Peggy, wasn't employed, had to beg, signed the contract stating he right. would like not drink alcohol, not right. do all of this He's stuff. And then kicks back up, nails that Burger Chef thing with Peggy. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. Goes to McCann, walks in the door. And that's when he's like, nope, going back to season six, episode 12. Fuck everything. I'm not working anymore. Right. Like this is my downward. Like I, it's continuing that spiral. Right. Like just I can't be one of a dozen creative directors. And it's like- it just didn't feel far enough. Like it, right. the breakdown seemed too close. Yes. And exactly. his second one seemed, I think because he, and it's probably because it was ending, but I was like, I would have liked all of those phone calls to happen in person. Like I would have loved yes. for Don and Roger to have some sort of fair. Like, I just felt like we kind of got gypped on really great story, like really great, uh, um, obvious storytelling for some really niche dawn with people like when that woman came out to comfort him on the toll phone when he was like sobbing and like having a panic attack I was like who the fuck are you like right who are you like why am I getting this really great emotional scene with dawn and extra number four and like the huggy man like why is he like and is that some sort of subtle nuanced thing about this show that people love is that it's not over that obvious that Peggy isn't the one to console him when he has the breakdown and Roger isn't the one who also says he's invisible. Like, is that what we're supposed to think is smart and like better television air quotes than the like Riverdales and whatever is that it's like nuanced and it's like, you just don't understand. No. Cause in my opinion, it's a waste of time. I just would have loved some of those. And that's why I think I was glad. And I know I already said this, but that Stephanie was there because I was like, at least Dawn's playing opposite of someone that we know he loves. Yeah. But she left. She also. Yeah, I know. I know. 
I kept because I'd seen that last like, frame. Would have been the one to console him after he had a mental breakdown. I know. Would have made sense. I will say one of the things I will be forever grateful for the writers and everyone who worked on this show is that he never tried to hook up with Stephanie. Oh my god. Which was so like I just like audibly like was like oh, okay, like yeah. good. She is like your niece. Like, thank you for not crossing that boundary. But I mean, I can rant about this forever, but yeah, like I didn't, I I didn't hate the last episode. I just hated his part of it. Right. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, Like I liked everyone else's ending. When they were filming the scenes of Don's phone, all Don's phone calls, they either had them on an actual phone call. Mm -hmm, They did. I listened to an interview with her. Right. Or like, there was a wall like they were still on set together um so they called like live like because you obviously you don't have to film it that way but yeah. apparently they did actually film it with the, the she, as if the call of conversation yeah I uh Elizabeth Moss said in that she's like on Seth Meyers that she was like laying in her bed with her cats like on the phone while John was like acting on the other end of the phone and she was just being like the because uh-huh. like she had already filmed her lines, yeah. Her her coverage. I don't know. I just I'm like also totally fine with him doing the the coke thing. Like I think it's to, it makes sense to me that he yeah. had this brilliant thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, did it did it take? Was the three episodes of the car ride to get to the retreat worth it, or could he have just stayed in New York and then gone on some hippy dippy retreat to like get Margaret back? You know what I mean? Like we'd already gone right. to a commune. <laughs> Right. That was like, couldn't thing. he have gone with Roger and had this giant breakthrough trip in one season? I think that like one of the things I'm the most curious about is like, did McCann Erickson put out the by the world of Coke? Like, did Don end yes. up going back and doing it, in or did he go life. to another agency? Well, Don Draper's a made-up person. No, no, I know, but like, are we supposed to believe that he went? McCann op- took him back with open arms again. Yes. Yes, because oh, McCann really did put out the Coke ad in 1974. Okay, well. That really did happen. So I can't imagine they would have, like, laced those two things together. No, I'm assuming they wasn't done, especially because, like, it, the end credit is, like, to black on him and then, yeah. like, cue the Coke ad. So, I like that ad. The song was stuck in my head for a while. It was very great. fun. <laughs> okay, I have um, only one more worst because I'm not going to say that I – hate dawn on road trips again i'm not gonna say it again um i did laugh when he just like walked out of that meeting now <laughs> it was very on and, brand him walking out was on brand uh, and i love that I, ted I, like loved that, it and the fact that he was like the only one with his little suit on yeah i like that ted shaw was like oh perfect like roast beef i'm gonna sit down and when dawn walked out he was like yep this is my jam. Like I was, I wanted to come back here. Like I like this. Yeah, I didn't Ted, like what we were doing. Right. No, Ted is living his best life back at McCann, being one of like five hundred creative directors. Yeah, he's like yeah. less pressure. When Don out, he was like, mm-hmm, yeah, this tracks. <laughs> like if I'm not actively fighting an uphill battle, it's not work. Right. And Ted's like, right. we just get paid, guys. We we have so much money. He's like, come um, on, that paycheck is Like, let's just. <laughs> Yeah. My last, my last worst was Betty on that fucking field trip. Could she have not just split a sandwich with Bobby? Okay. But the field trip until that point was great. Yes. I just mean that specific 
Like, why did they have to ruin her, ruin her right then? Because Bobby was being nice. I don't know. And it was sort of weird the way they treated the food thing again, as they sort of have, I think, kind of butchered the whole season or the whole show. Um, I mean, at the beginning, it was smart. We never saw her eat. And then she has the fried chicken after she cheats on Don. Okay, great. Everything after that, they've kind of fucked up with her, I think. Um, But that's the thing. They like don't have her. They only have her on the defense. They in no, no character at all, in fact, acknowledges that Betty like has some kind of body dysmorphia eating disorder thing going on with her at a maximum, at a minimum has always been weird about food her whole life, especially since she was most recently on a super restrictive diet that all of her children had to live through. So like, it's not even that surprising that Bobby didn't, didn't expect her to eat to eat be eating a sandwich right and I even think Sally at one point said like well mom we didn't know if you were eating at whatever yeah. other scene like yeah I just felt like she didn't have to be so mean like it's like you get to the I, final stretch you know you're gonna kill this character off like Betty is going to die you can't give yeah. her a little bit of like okay Bobby like we can just split your like I'll have a bite of yours or it's not a big deal I can eat when I get home and then she was like punishing him still when Henry got home I couldn't believe that it got worse afterwards when the scene ended I thought that was it and then she goes home and calls Henry and I was like what the fuck we're still doing this also in, in terms of like bad shit your kids do that is not one of them and then she had the, the gall to be like, I don't know why my kids don't love me. And I was like, do you not? Do you not know? How? how because it's pretty know? fucking obvious to anyone who's within like a mile radius of you that you don't like your children. Right. And he was like, well, look, Gene's sleeping on you. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't speak. <laughs> Literally has no Like lines. you, yeah. I mean, I just, I was so blown away by how unnecessarily they did that because they focused so hard on making sure that Betty and Sally's relationship had normal mother daughter ebbs and flows, maybe a little bit more dramatic than what we would experience in the, you know, 2021. But like they had like, I'm like, did she even like, she didn't even tell Bobby she was dying. Like why give them more well, kids if you're going to acknowledge that they don't exist? I don't know. It was all very confusing. I like got irrationally mad about that when I was watching it because it was such like a, he's like in fourth grade or fifth grade. Like he's not, or maybe he's a little bit older, but like. And they like put a lot of like. He was so excited she was there. Time, right. Into this being a really fun day. Field trip. Like even Betty, like trying the milk from the cow. Yeah. And making friends with the other mom and like not being a total bitch on the bus. Like. Right. With all those kids, like being loud and stuff and making fun of the teacher and, you know. Yeah, it was like she just like snapped and was like, nope, I've done my fair share of enough and mm-hmm. fuck you, Bobby. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just didn't, I just like sat wrong for a long time. Like yeah. those are the instances where I was like, yeah, Don ignores them, but when he's around them, he's nice to them. Right. And it, like, I, I guess that's what the like argument is, right? Is it like right. a parent who's there, but is, Right. not kind or an absent parent who when is around you have good memories of 
yeah those kids are just a really impossible situation and it's sort of interesting that they almost never show henry parenting i know well and like like they show him a little bit with sally yeah you're right a little bit with sally because she's the oldest but it felt like any scene where he was in with the kids he was just talking to betty yeah it's it's interesting to me that they gave (laughs) that they wrote in two children when I don't think they ever had a plan to give Bobby a storyline and then when they had her get pregnant again it seemed to only serve as Sally's like three episode arc of being close to her grandfather and then him dying (laughs) and then it was like that kid really never got like that kid as a plot definitely should have this is going to be harsh that kid should have died Right, like they should have killed off that youngest kid. It would have been a plot. It would have given Don and Betty some stuff to work through. And it would have also made sense. Well, it could have also just been a pregnancy scare. Two kids that have no plot and no dialogue. It just could have been a pregnancy scare or Betty could have like fucked with him longer because it doesn't, because then January Jones doesn't even get pregnant till season five. So it wasn't like they were writing in her real life pregnancy right? and they weren't intending to have the baby keep the family together. It genuinely seemed like they just wanted to name a child Jean. Right. I don't know. And I, I just... I don't know. I also think because like January Jones and Kiernan like always like talk to each other on Instagram and will like comment on each other's photos and stuff. And when they'll do TVTs, like January always posts, like, I don't even know which Bobby this is. And so like they recast Bobby. And so they're not very nice about the actor who plays Bobby, which probably also rubs me the wrong way, but like, don't, he got enough lines and enough recognition that I felt bad for him, but not enough that he ever had a friend or had like when he was like very sadly like making grilled cheese and burning it and I was like your mom thinks you don't know she's dying and like doesn't care yeah and him and Sally should have been closer in age because they were not that far apart in season one and two and then they recast that Bobby Uh he should have definitely been like 14 or 15 because she was 17 when the show ended or in the show right 16 I thought she was like 15 I don't think she was boarding school age so yeah I guess maybe 14 15 so she she should have at least she started boarding school yeah so maybe by the end of it because I remember when they go to dinner he's and that girl is like throwing herself at dawn and dawn allegedly is like being nice because she's a fast girl and he didn't want to embarrass her I'm like what a bold choice um I've never seen a parent do that but whatever dawn um, and he was like, she's 17. And so I assumed she was about 16, 17. Cause she was, cause he was like, yeah, I know she's your friend, but she was six. She was 14 when the show ended in real life. So that's also kind of hard to. Oh, really? Yeah. 14 or 15. She just turned like 22 or 23, 22 maybe. Cast older. I'm surprised she ended up playing. Like playing her actual age her age slash plain older yeah you know, normally they get an 18 well, they, year old to play a 12 year old or whatever the fuck. yeah I think it's because they started when she was six I don't think I think they've said in interviews like nobody anticipated that Kiernan would be like a good actress like they just kind of like got right. lucky they were gonna recast her or something later yeah and one of the like pally fest things I was listening they were like what did you learn or maybe it was the sag because that's the one they do for 
aspiring actors. And they were like, what is something you learned on Mad Men that you wish you would have, or if you could go back in time or whatever. And everybody was like, I wish I would have, you know, rented an apartment, whatever, random shit. Um, and Kiernan was like, I learned everything on this show. So like, I don't think I could have done anything different. Like I didn't know anything. I was six and like everyone laughed. She was like, I guess everything oh I've God. learned everything on this show. <laughs> but okay. Do you, what are some of your worst, meanest, confusing? Oh, I scenes? think you covered them. Yeah. I was going to say it. Lou, duck, Don. Lou, duck, Don. Yeah. yeah. You're uh, that's your um, three Ginsburg downfall. Like, I understood it, I it was so sad, yeah. Um, especially because I did like him as a character, so that was kind of just tough that his exit from the show was so tragic. Yeah. And like the scene of like him getting wheeled out because like Peggy had to call, um, was like so heartbreaking. Yeah, just in terms of like the scene though, Ben Feldman played the shit out of that mm-hmm. that role. Mm-hmm. Again, another actor I'm like shocked I've ne- I had no clue he was on the show. Really? <laughs> like I watch him in Superstore. I mean, it just ended, but like I've seen him in many things, and I feel like I've never heard like when he was on Mad Men for several seasons. Like yeah, I when he came on, I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a two episode arc, or, like a three episode right. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then he just like never left. And I kept being like, is he going to leave? No, no. Like made it to season seven. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Almost made it to the McCann merger. <laughs> no, right? But okay. So let's go through. So if what are, since we've already taken our break, what are some of your highlight stats? Sure. So this is, is this just for seven or is this just like for the whole show? So I think we should do seven. And then if you have any like major overall Cause I want to do after we do our little highlight stats for just seven, I kind of want to do like final afterthoughts of the series series, mm-hmm. not, you know, in great detail since we've done that, yeah. but just high level. Yeah. So just um, season seven. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think my favorite character is Peggy. I know that's like a really typical thing to say, but whatever. Um, my favorite relationship, um, in the end was Don and Peggy's. It was often what I was like looking for or waiting for in an episode was like their interactions. So your season um, seven. Yeah, yeah. In season seven, especially since yeah. it did, like change and, and I think that they handled that well, the characters and the way actual like the way it was written and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um then I don't really Favorite I guess my favorite episode was the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> yeah, season. I think that's episode two. Yeah, I think so too. Um, because it was just cute and fun. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite character for season seven is Peggy, or maybe Pete. Pete had a great season seven. I know that's very controversial. Yes. Throw yeah. him in. Throw him in actual stat like category but mm-hmm. I think he earned it like he yeah. was funny and annoying and good at his job and got his wife back like Pete yeah. just really had an MVP season there yeah. um my favorite relationship was Peggy and Stan he was just so supportive of her even throughout mm-hmm. before the romantic part where he was like stop doubting yourself you're good at your job like mm-hmm. shut up um and then my favorite episode was seven six which was the strategy which was when Peggy and Don reworked the burger chef yeah. pitch so that I think was my, my favorite one. 
Um, so just really quick before we jump into our single best scene, what are your afterthoughts now that we have watched all seven seasons of Mad Men? We finally know what all the hype is about. What did you, what are your kind of big takeaways, um, or things like, would you recommend this to someone at this point? Like, was it worth, like, kind of, how are you feeling about finishing it? Yeah. You know, I would recommend it to somebody. I think, um, my mom asked if she should watch it the other day and I said yes um it it is unfortunate that the first two whole seasons are so slow but except for like five minutes in each finale like finding out Peggy's <laughs> pregnant great five minutes finding right. out that she the peak conversation with her in the last five minutes of that great yes. but it's right. like yeah everything else is a little too suburban for what the show ends up being oh yeah no 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 it's it's really so and that's the thing it's like you really have to like put in the work Mm -hmm. um it's not like obviously there's still stuff to watch for but I I think anybody who wanted something that wasn't I mean if you couldn't if you can't handle shows that are a little slower obviously I wouldn't recommend it but um just because you do have to like get through the first because that's the thing this show would not be worth it to only watch one or two seasons yeah you have to go you have to see the full evolution of story right like I think as a whole, the show seasons one through seven is great television, but if you take out, like it's like a Jenga, right? Like it doesn't like five can't live without four. You know what I mean? Like each season really built on it and it was necessary. I I think you could probably quit at the after six. I don't really know how necessary watching season seven is obviously like a lot of characters did get redemption and it was fun, but, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You, It is sort of just like the world's longest movie, but um, yeah. yeah, you know, I liked it. Um, is I there- don't know if I, how I would have liked it week to week and also with like huge time <laughs> gaps in between airing. Yeah, like the one year hiatus between 7A and 7B. Like that's just rude i know and it i just can't imagine coming back to my two least favorite episodes of the show right i also can't imagine the quantity of people who had to sign off on that to think that was a good idea um i mean amc was just seven had like a like cliff in in rate in like viewings really Um, yeah well i think people probably thought it was just over (laughs) right um was there anything that you heard so obviously this has been in like the pop culture zeitgeist for years was there anything that you in watching it either confirmed what you said or to like change your opinion of the show um if my question's unclear it's because I have a statement I want to say and this is the best way so that you can also answer that question (laughs) okay got it um I mean I was very aware of Mad Men while it was on because people always told me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never sounded interesting to me because I never cared about Don and um, Peggy's outfits for the first two seasons are heinous until um, somebody cuts her hair. The gay man cuts her hair. Um, I don't remember anything about him except he was like openly gay and Sal was like, what the fuck? Yeah. We yeah, can be that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we were only allowed in here, in yeah. this closet. <laughs> I'm uh, married to a woman. But I'm married. 
<laughs> God bless. Um, but oh, I do miss him though. What? A, what I was surprised he didn't now. come back in at some point. I'm actually very surprised he wasn't just like at McCann Erickson or like whatever. Or like when they brought in that, I mean, we didn't talk about this storyline, but when they brought in that art director to come take the photographs for, and she like right. hit on both yeah. Stan and I'm surprised that like Sal wasn't in that, you know, like wasn't working for her or. I forgot about that plot. I also didn't like that. I didn't see the point of it. Like, like, it seems like there's faster ways to get Stan to break up with his girlfriend. I know. It, I, do that way. <laughs> in hindsight, I was like, was this, I don't know why the, and we didn't even see the photos. No. <laughs> we didn't I even see the pitch. Think. It was so <laughs> weird. And it was like, I didn't know he was a photographer until suddenly now. Yeah, this moment. Time. And this yeah. is like the first time we've seen his girlfriend awake. Right. Honestly, it really felt like a plot that got written by the intern on the show who'd been the intern for seven years and they finally got to write this that plot and um, nobody checked it. <laughs> yeah, it, it just seemed really... <sighs> it was so bizarre. I, yeah. yeah. I would have preferred it have been Sal. I agree. Yeah. Um. So my kind of after the show thoughts, I'm really glad we watched it and covered it. I think it actually forced me to finish it. You know, me notoriously will quit. Hey. And yeah. I for sure would have quit if we weren't watching this I for the show. It. Yeah, I, I, I would have watched the first eight episodes and I was like, I don't give a shit about Dawn, so. Yeah, so I'm glad that it forced me to like finish the series. I get why it has all the hype and the critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me appreciate Don, or John Hamm as an actor more. Yeah. Because I've only seen him in his like Tina Fey, Kristen Wiig, like comedy stuff, right? So it's kind of cool to see like their origin story and like, whatnot if I could I would definitely re-watch it with someone like I think if someone ever was like I want to watch Mad Men or whatever like I will like re-watch shit with my parents or whatever oh um, I plan on re-watching it I think it would be really good to rewatch because I also would like to go back and like not get so <laughs> irritated by like Roger or not get so right. irritated by Pete because now knowing that they ended up not being as bad because like I hated Roger and I didn't get why everybody loved him so much and I hated the- Roger whenever Don hated Roger which was for two whole seasons yeah so like I wish I could you know I would like to watch them not be like even when we rewatched the pilot for the first episode of our trilogy of these I was like found the characters more enjoyable mm-hmm. um and like thought they were funnier Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other note, it, like the thing that I thought about is like, I feel like since the show ended, I have heard a lot of people talk about Pete and Peggy. And now that I've seen the show, I don't get it. Like, I don't No. I feel like after they slept together and then they had that kind of like one night couch stand in season two, oh. where she like slept with him and then kind of like shadily was like, if you want, like call your wife. Right. Like they had that one more affair when he was married. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't get people who like, even in interviews where they're like, do will Pe- like Peggy and Pete get together before the final episode? I was like, well, I never wanted them to date. Like I never got romantic vibes from them. I enjoyed their friendship when they yeah. were actually able to be friends. Mm-hmm. But, um, that was probably my biggest takeaway. And also like, I would love to watch someone else watch Megan's, um, yeah because I just think it's so funny to watch everyone soul leave their body like that to me 
like I know we're not doing like single best scene of the entire series but like that would be up there for me because I've talked about it so much like it everything about it was so good and like (laughs) so uh, like Don hated it so much (laughs) um okay so now what Sophie is your single best scene from season seven um so mine is the well I have a kind of a tie I don't know my number one is the Peggy Stan phone call we love each other mm-hmm. you don't need to talk about it again it's amazing that's um, a good that's a good one it was just it caught it totally caught me off guard and- I felt like Peggy I was like I know. I, know. I, was like, I like sat up on my couch. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like jaw drop. And I love a good, like passionate confession of love. Like no yeah. matter what. So coming from Stan, like in his like sweet little beard, I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. And like Peggy, like, and of course I was like, realize it, Peggy, realize it. <laughs> like that was just like really, really written. And I love that they even gave Peggy that like hesitation of like what do you mean you know because she is such a straight edge yeah um, I also love that they gave it like so she thought that he left like when she was like I love you too and then he was like not on the phone like I kind of loved that they played it a little bit for comedy yeah and then he ran sure. in and they kissed I did really like that oh, I love that oh my god it was so great um but my runner up slash the only time the only time in this whole seven seasons where I felt emotion. I'm not sure if it's, I did not tear up. Okay. We're still like one step back from that. You were just I could, sad. I could feel sadness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, was Sally reading Betty's letter. Granted, um, the fact that Betty, the actual words that Betty was using made me not cry because yeah, that's- <laughs> Betty's terrible. Um, but like the situation was so sad. Like Sally alone in her dorm room, opening the letter before um, her mom dies, obviously, because she gives the letter and um, like reading, just the like concept of like reading your mother knows she's gonna die and it really was more facing that and less yeah. like about the details of like the funeral and how her hair is supposed to look and all that shit right it was more of like my mom is going to die and I am gonna have to deal with it because this is happening to me like this is going to happen in the imminent future mm-hmm. and you know like even like her she I mean she does have in her Betty way like the you know one or two lines of like you're gonna be fine Mm -hmm. which I know Sally needed to hear um especially since this is probably the one single single time in her whole life her mother has said anything positive to her (laughs) Uh, and she has it in writing so good for her you know (laughs) I know and I think just the act of Betty writing her a letter was something that Sally needed to know that like her mom loved her that much yeah um to like put any thought into it right and in even the scene before when she hands her the letter again was like so Betty and Sally was like still so reacting like a normal person um Mm -hmm. and was like no 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 mom what are you doing and you know Betty and her like 
chiffon nightgown like the way they shot it she like kind of looks like an angel a little Mm -hmm. bit right Mm -hmm. like she's in the light and Sally is in the dark in her bed and she's like the she's backlit so her like chiffon shit is glowing a little bit and whatever she like you know is like so business-like about the whole thing it was like nope you're gonna take this letter and go back to school yeah you're going back to school tomorrow yeah and I mean luckily I guess I don't know if we're supposed to assume that when Sally's doing the dishes at the end that it's summer break or if she decides not to go back to school who knows but it was nice that she was there and always got to respect Betty Draper who at no point stopped smoking (laughs) no not even a little bit no (laughs) and I wonder and I it's her lung cancer diagnosis pulls out a pack like (laughs) yeah I got like a little bit of I had a little bit of my feelings towards Betty are like, I wish I could separate Betty mom and like Betty human person. Cause like Betty is like not a mom. Some of the stuff she does, I'm like fucking iconic. Like when she like pulled out the shotgun, I'm like fucking iconic. Like there are very like Betty as a non-mother is like, I wish we could have had a whole show just about her because also when Henry was like, we're going to go to the best oncologist, we're going to fight this. And she was like, no, people have been making decisions for me my whole life. And I've made this one. And I was like, what a weird time to put your foot down. (laughs) What a time. And and like her mother died young. So like she, I was just waiting for her to say like, I've been ugly once. I'm not going to be ugly twice. Do you think that, (laughs) yeah. Do you think that like the, you know, the tumor that ended up being but not like the nine and season four or five when she got fat. Do you think that this was like the two, like that had metastasis, like, or do you think these are two completely separate diagnoses? I think that the hand shaking, like all of it, the thyroid, the tumor on her thyroid and her cancer are all connected. Okay. I think she just has one of those like bodies that just like gets cancerous. Yeah, because it was interesting because it's like also like, she didn't really do a second opinion and she just went typical Betty where she was like, don't even have cancer, just got fat. And then everybody was like, well, that's done. Right. Like I definitely think, and of course it was the 60s. So like now, of course, if you show up with a lump on your neck, yeah, an opinion, then you get a second opinion and then they monitor it like forever. Like, yeah. (laughs) So I wonder if she would have gone back to the doctor had she not lost all of her weight, if they would have been able, I mean, obviously this is fictional and they wrote this, but like, if this was a real person, um, well, I was surprised that they didn't remove it, even though it was benign. Cause I'm like, well, if it's putting pressure on a, a part of her body that's causing her to gain weight like wouldn't I mean I'm obviously not a doctor but I was like I was surprised the answer was just like nothing I'm fat yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah Betty mm. listen Betty in, tragic as a mother yeah in a comedy same exact same everything about her the same would be chef's kiss perfect Claire Dunphy she would well but Claire was a good mom no I know I'm trying to think of like a comedic like a comically bad like appearance mom I don't know it's hard to be worse than Betty Draper it's like yeah and but not yeah I mean all the parents in Riverdale are pretty absent (laughs) yeah except for Fred Andrews R.I.P. Luke Perry we miss you (laughs) the one good parent 
Okay. okay you're right. Betty wasn't like actively plotting against her children. Yeah, she no, like, she was no Hiram or uh, Bart Bass. No yeah, yeah, she yeah. wasn't a CW villain. No. She was just a bitch. She was a bitch. She was probably she like the Lily Vanderwoodson of you're right. the 60s. Like this oh is Cece. It's Cece. Everything comes back to Gossip Girl or Elite. <laughs> People you who are, are like, so right. Betty is Cece. Yeah. Sally is um Lily? Lily. Or this Carol. Yeah. Sally yeah. is Lily. Yep. Like she wants wow. to rebel, but she doesn't actually. Mm-hmm. But she got arrested once. One, yeah, the one time. <laughs> and also is like deep damage from her mother, but like refuses to change anything about it and just repeats <laughs> the behavior. Yep. <laughs> but it's like Look a little that. cooler than her mom. <laughs> the Venn diagram is just circles just a hundred percent the circle um I will say like I guess justice for Kieran and Shipka who we have both loved because yeah. Sally is also in my single best scene for season seven. Oh, okay let's hear your single mine best. is a little bit of a different tone and so I decided because I wanted to I had thought about maybe doing uh Peggy walking down but I was like that's such a moment it's not like a scene with yeah. her like iconic smoking and the thing and the photograph but I decided to um, Sally and Dawn's goodbye at the bus stop when she kind of read him for filth and then he read her back. That was amazing. So like he goes to dinner and he takes her friends out and he's, as I mentioned earlier, straight up flirting with a 17 year old because as he says, Sally, she's a fast girl. I didn't want to embarrass her. What? That the logic doesn't connect for me. And then she says it doesn't stop you and it doesn't stop mom anyone pays attention to you and they always do and you just ooze everywhere because earlier at the dinner they'd been talking about like what your dream is and he was flirting and she was like my dream is to eat dinner like she was just like so fucking done and then she says you know what I'm going to write down for my dream I'm going to get on a bus and get away from you and mom and hopefully become a different person than you two and it's like yeah sweet but then his response is hey I'm your father and you may not want to listen to this but you are you are like your mother and me you are going to find that out you're a very beautiful girl it's up to you to try to be more <laughs> and I was like okay then like you both read each other to film yes. for this show it was amazing because I did love that she just I thought it was like about fucking time that she just called them out for being like people mm-hmm. ple- like for like being so um impacted by other people's opinions of them we're vapid right yeah I was gonna say narcissistic but it's not even narcissistic it's I think it's vapid and I think it's just putting too much weight on the outwards opinion of your life right they're I mean they're both so like emotionally needy for attention Mm -hmm. like attention seeking and validating yeah Yeah, exactly so but then also I like that he was like yeah you're like us though like you're also pretty like you're also gonna have to deal with being less vapid and shallow than your mother Mm -hmm. um and it happened in episode 10 which is like right before betty's diagnosis so i did like that she got to kind of lay all of this out and i think this is one of her last scenes with don like like don in life real life because then they do the phone calls where she calls right and i still can't get over the writers having her tell him that betty's dying Lol. Like of Henry telling Sally and Sally telling Don and Betty just is at home being like, this is my decision to do, do, do smoking away. I'm just dying. And this is sad and still going to school to be a therapist. It's never not funny. She's so ridiculous. 
but that is my my Mad Men final single best scene. And I think I think if I were to pick like a series one, which I'm not gonna actually do because because that would be too much. It would be a Peggy um, moment, but because overall, like ending out the show, Peggy did kind of come on top out on top for me as an overall the best character of the series. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's Mad Men for y'all. We broke it down as best and smartest as we could. <laughs> I just sounded like that kid in Oklahoma who couldn't say a sentence. God bless. Um, okay, but correcting him. Oh God, he's so funny. I know. <laughs> so, so what is your recommend reco- recommendation for the people? Um, my recommendation this week is these popsicles from Trader Joe's that are coffee flavored. They're delicious. Okay, sounds good. Do they have caffeine in them? Or are they just I flavored? No idea. I literally scoured the box because I like to have dessert pretty late. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, this like is this an afternoon snack or is this a night snack? Like I need to know. Yeah. N- nowhere on the box does it mention if there's caffeine in it. Hmm. I don't know. I would just I don't know. I have no idea. There is actual coffee in it, I'm pretty sure. Oh well then yeah, I'm assuming there is some. I mean, but they could use caffeine-free coffee. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. No idea. Trader Joe's flavored popsicles, people. I thought they had to say if there was caffeine in things. I got one of those like pop, um, like trendy uh, sodas that's like fake soda uh-huh. um, at Whole Foods the other day. And it says like it has caffeine in it and one of them didn't say it. So I think they do have to say it, but I don't know enough about like the FDA I have no idea. Thanks. But just as someone who is ex- very sensitive to caffeine, I like to triple check. <laughs> right? No, for sure. For sure. Um, What's your recommendation? My recommendation is Versed Skincare, which is sold at Target. And I really like all of the stuff. This uh, giant pimple on my face, which only Sophie can see, mm-hmm. is from walking outside in a mask for so long. But um, the rest of my face doesn't have, the rest of my face is doing a good job. This is a curling iron burn, but Anyway, this is an audio medium, so I'm glad I just described my face to you all, but I really like it and it's um, affordable and the specifically the like oil cleansing like balm does a really good job of taking makeup off without being a makeup remover. That's nice. So that would probably be my like number one pick from the collection, but I'll, you know, on the Insta, I'll share all the stuff I have. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to the third installation of our Mad Men breakdown. Mm-hmm. As always, be sure to, to rate, review, subscribe, check us out on the socials, um, Twitter and Instagram. We'd be more than happy to chat and, and talk about anything we've missed or any shows you want to hear um, on the pod. Sounds great. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.